everyone. Welcome to the page to screen edition of the Yakin County Public Library podcast, where each week we'll be discussing a book that has been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. Now, I'm a librarian, and as such, books are pretty much my life. When I get home, there's almost nothing I love more than changing into some comfy pajamas and snuggling up with a book, whether it be something new and exciting or even an old classic that I've already read multiple times. Either way, I love books. But I'm also a cinephile. The only thing I love more than a well-written book is a good movie. There's just something about watching a movie that will never get old for me. Some of my favorites I've watched probably hundreds of times. So during my monthly segment of this podcast, we'll be exploring that old adage, is the book really always better than the movie? First up, we'll be discussing a book that is very near and dear to my heart. This book was originally published August 16, 2011, and was named one of the best books of 2011 by Entertainment Weekly, the San Francisco Chronicle, Village Choice, Chicago Sun-Times, io9.com, The Onion's AV Club, and more. This is a science fiction novel, and it was actually the debut novel of American author Ernest Cline. The story is set in a dystopian future of 2045, and for the majority of the book, we are in a Midwest location that you have all probably heard of, Oklahoma City. If you haven't guessed it yet, the book I'm referring to is Ready Player One. The book follows the main protagonist, Wade Watts, and his search for an Easter egg in a worldwide virtual reality game known as the Oasis. The Oasis is the primary escape for most people in this dystopian society, and it is accessed with a visor and haptic gloves, and as well as a console. It functions both as an MMORPG, which stands for Massively Multiplayer Online Simulation Game, and as a virtual society with its currency being the most stable currency in the world that Wade lives in. The Easter egg was left behind in the Oasis by the creator, James Halliday, a billionaire that never married or had children. The finder of the egg would therefore win his huge $240 billion fortune and would also gain administrative control over the Oasis itself. Wade is a poor orphan teen that doesn't have a lot. He lives in the stacks with his aunt, and he is obsessed with finding the Easter egg. Basically, every waking moment of his life centers around finding Halliday's egg. In the five years following Halliday's death, Wade eats, sleeps, and breathes Anorak's Almanac, which is a book written by Halliday. It's made up of various journal entries from Halliday's personal life concerning his interest in 1980s video games, films, music, and pop culture references. When Wade's obsession with the almanac finally pays off and he stumbles upon the very first clue, he finds himself beset with fellow egg hunters or gunters that are willing to kill him virtually and literally so that they can win the ultimate prize. Wade has always had his head stuck in the virtual clouds, but if he's going to win this thing, he'll have to confront the real world that he has been desperately trying to escape his whole life. So let me just say, I absolutely love this book. It was not only a huge nostalgia ride for me, but it also put me in mind of another classic book that I loved, um, a a childhood favorite, actually. It was arguably one of the very first books that I ever fell in love with, and it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. My second grade teacher would gather us around before lunch and read us a chapter of Ruald Dahl's Beloved Tale, and since then, I've probably reread that book at least 10 times. I love the dichotomy between Willy Wonka and James Halliday. They're very different, but they're equally fascinating in their own right. I think the throwback to my childhood is probably what drew me in to begin with and so many others. And it kept me up all night reading this book. 
I also loved the audiobook. If you've read this book, but you enjoy listening to books as well, do yourself a favor, enjoy it again in a new medium. Will Wheaton narrates the 15 hour and 40 minute audiobook, and he is fantastic, y'all. I cannot say enough good things about his rendition of the book and how he really brings it to life. And really, who is more iconic to read a love letter to the 80s than Wesley Crusher himself? Am I right? I may be showing my age a little here. So to sum all of this up, if you grew up in the 80s or the 90s and are a lover of all things pop culture like I am, don't walk, run, and get this book. If you have a library card with any NC Cardinal library, both the book and the audiobook are available for checkout with that card. So now that I've basically turned this episode into an homage to the genius of Ernest Klein, <laughs> let's discuss the movie. Picture it. Texas, 2018. I had flown out more than halfway across the United States to visit my husband who was stationed there at the time uh, prior to an upcoming deployment. We were so excited to be near an Alamo draft house, which if you've never experienced it, it's amazing. We had never been there before, but we'd always wanted to. Um, the draft house is actually a movie theater that is seated with reclining seats and you're provided a full menu. There are wait staff that attend to you before and throughout the movie. And if you decide an hour into the movie that you need more popcorn or a pizza, you just write down what you want on a card, stand the card on your tray, and the staff discreetly run through, grab your order, place it, and bring it out to you. It's really, it's just a whole different kind of movie experience. And right now it feels really weird to be talking about this in this COVID era world that we live in now. But at that time, on that night, we were just two carefree people wanting to see a movie and eat some movie theater food and popcorn. That's actually probably one of the things that I miss most about the pre-COVID world. There's just no experience quite like movie going, in my opinion. The excitement, the buttered hot popcorn, a frozen Coke icy to wash it all down. But I digress, I'm getting off subject. <laughs> that night, we were super excited about our first time at the Alamo Draft House, but we were equally eager for the movie we were about to watch. We had watched previews, followed online blogs, and were overall just psyched to be experiencing the movie together before my husband was to go overseas. So development on the Ready Player One movie first began in 2010, so actually before the movie, I mean, the, before the book was ever even released, um, Warner Brothers acquired the rights to the book. There was a huge buildup, coupled by the fact that the movie was helmed by none other than Steven Spielberg, who was actually one of the biggest inspiration of Ernest Klein's book. If you grew up in the 80s, you just know. Spielberg was a giant in his cinematic heyday. So in July of 2015, Spielberg directed and produced the film, with casting for the film beginning in September of 2015. Ty Sheridan was cast as our hero, Wade Watts, and other supporting cast members included Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, Lena Waithe, T.J. Miller, Simon Pegg, and Sir Mark Rylance. The script for the film was written and adapted by the author Ernest Klein as well as Zach Penn. As we sat there that night, stuffing our faces with popcorn, we and the rest of the packed movie theater just knew we were about to experience a one-of-a-kind movie. The mood in the theater was palpable, to say the least. Sadly, as so often happens with book-to-movie adaptations, expectations fell short, for me at least. I can't speak for everyone, but that was my experience. The vibe leaving the theater was so much more different than the one that we had as we entered. But let me explain. I already knew that due to licensing issues, there was no way that the movie would be an exact carbon copy of the book. There was just no way that was possible. There were too many copyrighted movies, games, and pop culture references in general, and 
that to include all of these, the cost would be astronomical, if not impossible. And I was okay with that aspect. I understood. What I was not okay with was the plot and seemingly pointless character changes that occurred. I don't really want to go into too much into that and ruin the movie for anyone that's not watched it yet. So I'll just leave it at this. The movie was beautiful and immersive. The CGI was fantastic and the cast was perfect. The battle scene, one word, epic. As far as the movie goes, I actually really loved it. I bought the DVD when it came out and I added it to my collection. My husband was not of the same mind. He is actually still really bitter that the movie was not a more faithful adaptation to the book, and to this day, he refuses to rewatch it. A lot of people that I know personally that had also read the book and then watched the movie, they feel that the same way um, as well. They don't want to rewatch it. They were It was just a big letdown for them. As far as critics are concerned, the movie currently has a 72% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes, as well as a 77% audience score. I don't have... Um, the scores for when it was released. I would be very interested to see if they have increased or decreased since then. But for me personally, I can enjoy the movie separate from the book. The book was fantastic. The movie was fantastic in its own right. It was, in my opinion, not a fantastic adaptation. But that's okay. It's still something we can enjoy separate from the beloved book. These are just my personal opinions for what they're worth. And I would love to hear how all of you felt about the book or the movie or both. Feel free to follow the Yakin County Public Library on social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest. We would be happy to see you there. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button so you can follow this weekly podcast. Other library staff will be bringing you more topics each, each week, so be sure to check in every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all next month for the next installment of Page to Screen. Happy Wednesday, everyone.